Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening in to our live broadcast. I'm Jason DeMars. And I just want to remind everyone, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, or topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know at jasondemars.com or in the comments section on the social media that you're listening in on. Also remind you, please subscribe, click the little bell, like and share the video. Appreciate that. And uh, make sure if you're listening in now, um, please send your greetings. I want to greet you personally if you're listening live. All right. Um, Brother Kenny and Sister Janelle, God bless you. Brother Gary, may the Lord bless you. Sister Sarah, thanks for listening in. Brother Ken, God bless you. Brother Tony from Madawaska, God bless you. Thank you all for listening in. If any questions come up during the topic, uh, feel free to ask them while I'm speaking. Sister Jay, God bless you. All right, I'm going to be talking about rightly dividing spiritual revelation. And so when... When, when I'm talking about this subject, I want to clarify several things um, before I talk about it. So, we use this term, revelation, and it refers to multiple different things. But we use, it needs to be a revelation. Uh, different things we say that tend to be cliches without a huge amount of understanding of what's going on. So, um, I'm going to read a quote and then we'll start talking about the different kinds of revelation. Number one, um, faith. Faith is a revelation. Brother Branham says that over and over again. Faith is a revelation. The word faith um, means trust. It means um, to run, to seek refuge, to flee for protection. These are some of the different meanings of the various Hebrew and Greek words that are used. So faith is a revelation. But really, if you want to break it down, faith is a response to God's revelation to you. So, faith means you're putting your trust or you're putting your running for refuge to God's revelation of Himself to you. So, when we say faith is a revelation, faith is a response to a revelation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, um, the evidence of things not not seen. All right, so Brother Branham says this in Earnestly Contend for the Faith in 1955. Paul was down here in the natural realm with his PhD. See, he didn't know he had an intellectual faith, but he didn't have a divine faith. There's quite a difference in me having an intellectual faith than a divine faith. 
There's where you, my Baptist friends, failed to go on. You get the intellectual faith by that, but it must be a divine revelation of Jesus Christ to you that takes sin out of the heart. Intellectual faith is not enough. That's all right, but it only brings you to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a personal experience of the birth, the new birth, regeneration, making a new creature in Christ. Amen. So, I want to look at this and, and talk about two different kinds of revelation. So, there's general or natural revelation, and then there's special revelation. So, general revelation and special revelation. Within special revelation, there's several different kinds of that we want to look at. But natural revelation is defined in the Bible. Romans 1, 18 through 23, if you want to look at the whole thing, speaks about this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now listen what Paul is saying. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, who is he talking about? Jews? No, he's talking about Gentiles. He's talking about the nations. He's talking about the world through history. What can be known of God is manifest in them. God has shown it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so, they, so that they are without excuse. So God makes made himself known in the universe. So in creation, God put evidence of himself there. What evidence? His eternal power and deity. And because of that, they're without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto a corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So, God in his creation, whether they've heard the gospel or not, whether they've heard anything from the Bible or not, God is there manifest in his creation. Again, this is natural revelation. This is not spiritual revelation at all. This is merely natural revelation put on display. God has put it in creation so that the natural man could recognize there is a God that is all-powerful that created everything. And so God considers them without excuse because of the fact that they live in his creation. I want to let's continue to look at scripture that talks about natural 
Revelation. Re- revelation, revelation merely means this, an unveiling of truth. So a making known of truth. And what we're saying is there's a natural making known of truth, and then there's a special making known of truth. The natural revelation, everyone has access to it. Regardless of if you have a Bible or a preacher or not, you have access to it. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone throughout all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, so the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So God is seen and known by looking at the stars and the sun and the different heavenly bodies. God has set himself and revealed himself through that. So this is speaking of natural revelation. What are the things that can be known about God? One more scripture before we talk about that. Romans 2, 14 says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. What does he mean? Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. What is he saying? He's saying that God gave all of mankind a conscience. And that conscience, though in a fallen state, though corrupted by sin, still operates and says, this is right and this is wrong. So in other words, they'll be judged by how they responded to the conscience and to the Creator that is set in the heavens. God can be known through creation in general. It does not take supernatural or spiritual revelation to us personally to know certain facts. It merely takes observation. That's where ancient Greek philosophers were able to have a basic understanding about who God is. They, through logic and reason, discovered certain things about God. So what can be known about God from his creation. Obviously, number one, that he's a creator, that he has omnipotent power, that he's not made of gold or stones, but that he's invisible, spirit, that he is vastly intelligent, that he is the sovereign Lord, that he's the provider of life and sustenance, that there's a standard of right and wrong, and that he should be worshipped through logic and reason and observation, you can arrive at these facts. It takes absolutely zero relationship with God and zero personal revelation to arrive at the knowledge of these things. If you're human, you can get this far. 
that would be just merely intellectual faith. Intellectual faith is a response to God's natural revelation. That's great. That's a start. But that is not saving faith. Intellectual faith has to go a step further. Now, let's take this even a step farther. You live in a society where the Bible is openly available. You grow up perhaps in a Christian home or under the influence of the Bible. Again, you can ha- that doesn't take a special revelation to you personally to believe in God the Creator and the Bible. Intellectual faith. That's good. We all have to start with intellectual faith, but it takes a supernatural revelation to bring forth a personal relationship and a transformed life. Again, we know through Scripture it's very possible to be a believer in God and a be- or a believer in Christ and not experience salvation in your life. Jesus tells the Pharisees, this people draws near to me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me. Again, they had the Torah and the prophets, and they worshiped God, but it was vain worship because their heart was not connected with God. Okay, Jesus says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will come to me in that day, have we not prophesied in thy name, cast out devils, done many wonderful works, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There is knowledge of Jesus and who he is, Lord. There's faith in the power of God that he can heal and cast out demons. There's enough understanding that they're even preachers of the word of God. But we find it's mere intellectual faith in God's special revelation via the Bible that's put out there. A man can take his intellectual faith that he's arrived at only on a human level and put it in this message and in the Bible and preach it and do miracles and never truly receive the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, which produces a new birth by a personal revelation to Him. Okay? So, we've talked about natural revelation. We've talked about intellectual faith. But then there's God's special revelation of Himself. Now, we kind of crossed over a little bit there when we were talking God's natural revelation is what he put in nature and put inside of human beings. All right. God's special revelation of himself comes first through the spoken word of the prophets. First through the spoken word of the prophets. Then that spoken word becomes written, and now we have the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
But even with the Bible, so first, first and foremost, we have the Bible. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God gave the Bible through inspiration. The Holy Ghost came upon the man that wrote the Bible. Men wrote the Bible, but God breathed his spirit upon those men so they wrote down his words. But the first came the spoken word of God, which was personally spoken to his people. Then it came by the spoken word of the prophets. Then that spoken word got written down. That Those writings became and are still the final authority of God. So then you have the spoken word, that which is spoken under inspiration and comes as thus saith the Lord. Then we have the finishing of the canon of Scripture. We have no more Scripture, therefore we have no new revelations. All, when we speak of the word spiritual revelation now, we're not talking about new Bible. So that is God's first special revelation, right? Now all spoken word revelation or inspiration must be based upon the foundation of the Bible. It cannot be something new. If it's something, if someone says it's something new, it's automatically false. It cannot be outside the Bible. Spoken word now reveals to God what is in the Bible. Also, spoken word can also uh, bring uh, revelation regarding situations in lives, regarding prophecy um, in, in the world of what's happening today, but it still is not Bible. It still is not uh, the absolute it is secondarily now to the Bible. All right, next type of special revelation is the Word made flesh. This is primarily speaking of Christ in the flesh. But not only that, through the church ages, it's Christ in his true church, his bride, manifesting his life in the age that they're living in. Okay, so then there is personal revelation to us. Again, personal revelation to us is, comes under the authority of the Bible. Personal revelation to us comes under the authority of God's messenger for the age. It, it cannot be something different than that. It has to be based on Scripture. So again, the Word made flesh is also subservient to Scripture. It has to be scriptural. The, the spoken Word today is subservient to Scripture. Personal revelation to us is subservient to Scripture. Now what do I mean by personal revelation to us? 
that is when God makes known to us who he is. All right? Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says to Peter, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven hath revealed it unto thee. And I say unto you, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, the rock of revelation that was given to Peter, which is, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a revelation to him personally, but I want you to watch. Simon was through his life, through his life, learning the Torah and the prophets. He was learning this is who the Messiah will be. I know the Messiah is going to be the Son of God. I know this Messiah is going to be the King of Israel. I know this Messiah is going to be a prophet. I know the Messiah is going to cast out devils. I know the Messiah is going to, going to know the thoughts of people's heart. I know that the Messiah is going to do miraculous healings. Okay? So, I see that now. And now I see that in... Jesus of Nazareth, my teacher. Now my confession is, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, my Father in heaven revealed it to you. That personal revelation is what brings to us salvation. It's God imparting His grace to us is opening our heart and mind to the Word, the Word revealed that this here today is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that is made known to you personally. Your heart is opened, your mind is opened, and you receive the revelation of who He is. In other words, it's God, God's objective truth is out there. It's been made manifest. And you as believer have your heart and mind open to that objective reality that's outside of yourself. Now it's a revelation to you and that revelation produces transformation in your life. So again, God's special revelation is the Bible, the spoken word, the word made flesh, and the personal revealing of truth to our hearts resulting in a transformed life. So again, those four things fall under God's special revelation. God's natural revelation is put in the world. People by intellectual faith can receive the natural revelation without the Bible, without a preacher. Okay? Now, God's special revelation, the, uh, the Bible, the spoken word, the word made flesh, those are all objective realities that are there in this world that are, that are observable. A person using logic and reason can say, I agree that this is true.
But that is different than that fourth part, which is God opening your heart and mind to bring that revelation to your heart and produce a transformation in you. That is God's work of salvation. Logic and reason means you're just around so that you can see and observe this is a fact. But that does not that does not put you in the position of salvation by intellect. Salvation is not by intellect. Salvation is by God's approach to man to make himself known to that man's heart, which then produces the life of Christ in that man. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, a few more joined us. Sister Mai, God bless you. Doesn't come up the, the, the name of the person, but it's a Facebook user. Comes up, God bless you. Brother Megali, God bless you. Thank you for listening in. And again, questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know. Any topics you'd like me to cover, let me know. Sure appreciate you. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you.